Hey, this is Matt from Blue October, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Hockey Podcast, your host Jason, along with Chris. Yo! All right, and we are back. I know it's been a half half minute since we've done this, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's just been uh, busy for all of us, like, you know, holiday season mix, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff going on for us. Work-wise, I mean, like, this is the way, man. You know, it's, it's one of those things where as much as we would like to be able to do uh, a weekly show, and maybe at some point we can get back to it, you know. And we're fitting it in when we can. Yeah, we all got real jobs. <laughs> yeah, the funny part is the real jobs slash um, when we do get together, we're just like we watch the game and then we're kind of like, I'm tired. Right. All right, okay. damn West Coast games a lot. Bro. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so by the time we get to do round stuff, it's a uh, real busy. So okay, last time we heard from you was technically recorded a podcast, still sitting in the hopper, okay. as in so you'll see that one up along with this one. So it's been a while since you heard from us. But anyway, Blues are back. The sad part is, Blues are still the same. Pretty much yeah. 50-50 hockey. Like, win two or three. Look like we might turn a corner. Lose then two lose two or three. Bunch of injuries. Bunch of other stuff going on in general for the uh, Blues. Uh, they had their Hall of Fame ceremony last night. Yep. The Blues Hall of Fame. So all we talked about the inductees. So that was a very good ceremony. We'll try to catch up on a lot of stuff, talk about the Blues in general. We're not going to break down every game just because, yeah, that would be forever for us. Sure, that'd be a lot of hockey. So we're just going to run through the games uh, super quick first before we get into all the Blues news and everything. Uh, so we'll try to begin of the year. Makes it easy. So the Blues had a nice little comeback against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, they really did. That was, you know, that was a game where they played Toronto well at home. Could have won that game. Uh, but Toronto's an extraordinarily skilled team, and I was hoping that this team would put up a good showing against them in Toronto. Never an easy place to play, unless it's the playoffs. Um, they looked good. Not at first, yeah. but they, they came back. They came back, yeah. So the Magic around New Year's Eve, uh, basically a year later, they're playing Minnesota, and you know, kind of right. late an egg there at home. Go on the road and played a lot of, like, basically three of the four teams you're playing are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you beat Toronto in a shootout. Yes. You go in and beat the Devils. And look good doing it. And the Devils, who are a very good team this year, having about a 30 or 40 point turnaround uh, that they're on pace for right now. But then they turn around and. <laughs> yeah, you know. Look like, is... look like they're going to play. They're playing well against Montreal and just let all the defense just lets it down again. It was a return to what I like to call old-school blues hockey, which is the same in this Toronto game, too, which would score a goal and promptly give one up. Yeah, within it's, it's a reoccurring theme that they have, like if there's a breakdown on the Toronto game, where they gave up, the they go ahead by one, and then they would give up a goal within, I think, like the, the, shift. the three times, it was within two, under two minutes and 48 seconds. Yeah. For all of us. Somewhere it was like 30 seconds later. So the one was two minutes and 48 seconds later as well. Yeah. My notes, but... but really quickly, which that's a momentum player, as I say. Excuse me. Uh, so Montreal, old friend Jake Allen wins that one. Yep. Helped my fantasy team, then helped the Blues. 
But then they turn around and play back-to-back, and you think they would have reversed it. Grice would have played the Montreal game, and then the Minnesota game, you would probably have, you know, your ace in Biddington, who is, sure. let's by all accounts, we're going to talk about this, and I'm going to get your thoughts on this. You're about halfway through the season now, MVP. We're going to talk about that after we go through games. But Grice comes in, looks great. Yeah, he looks really good. The first uh, shutout for him as a Blue, 16th yep. in his career, 3 nothing for the Blues. They look great against Minnesota, mm-hmm. trying to catch them in the standings. Another team you're trying to catch in the standings comes to the uh, Enterprise Center for two games, Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Nazem Kadri is the big story. It's your, of course. You know, obviously, people are we're booing him. I was at the game. Thursday when they got they lost four to one, right. but the four they went four three in overtime. Great play, uh, Robert Thomas and Jordan. Kai. Brilliant play. The, the funny thing is they looked really bad for the first two periods of the yes. first Calgary game. Yes, they did. Like there's really no flow, no nothing. And apparently Brube went into the locker room, gave them the riot act, I guess, or just basically said you guys need to start doing something. And then the top line, which is basically Thomas, Kyrou, and Bushnevitz dominated that period. They really Technically did. took a 4-3 lead, had the goal unfortunately turned call uh, back. Call back. Funny. Call back on a similar reason while Connor McDavid's got turned in overtime yep. against the Blues earlier this season. Kyrou lost control of the puck just ever so slightly for about about maybe three to four seconds. And they you gotta have control of it as you go across line, even if you proceed the puck. So, but they connected overtime, so all's good. It was a beautiful play. And, you know, I, I think that you're starting to see that duo become what obviously the team want, hoped they would, and fans. Um, there's chemistry building between those two. And what I like about it is it's not just one-way chemistry. It's not always Thomas feeding Cairo, like as evident by both the goal that was overturned and the eventual overtime winner, Kyrou's able to feed Thomas just as well. Um, you just have to hope that those two guys continue to grow together because obviously Armstrong has, has made it clear that's the future core of this team. Yep. That's who we're building. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matching contracts, everything. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up when you talked about, you know, Bennington and wanting to, to, you know, have your ace against Minnesota and things like that. A um, friend of mine said that he was watching the Blues and Montreal game. And in that game, they made a comment that if you look at Bennington's stats this year, it looks like he's having a down year just because of this GAA, mm-hmm. the win-loss record. But then they even acknowledged, he said, but if you talk to any Blues fans – they'll be the first to tell you Jordan Bennington is the main reason that this team has been in the majority of the games, whether they've won or lost, that it is not Bennington that's the problem. It's the defense in front of them. And that's something that we've been talking about all season. And it's nice to see, you know, the hockey night in Canada people even take notice that like, hey, man, this is not a goaltending issue. It, it is a defensive issue. Uh, you know, there are people here who are so quick to drop the axe on Bennington uh, when the team loses by one or when he gives up a late goal. And you have to look at the type of goal that was given up. Like, did they just beat him or did the backside tap it? 
or is it something that it's not his control? And more times than not this season, it's been the latter. It's been stuff that he can't control. Um, I really thought that Bennington had a chance to be an all-star, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, it's been an um, interesting season for him. Obviously, we think, obviously, we've watched him play, and there's been a lot of nights where the game's been really out of hand, oh, yeah. or it would be close game. It wasn't for him. The game against Calgary, which hurt them, but you know they're still four points out of a wild card spot. There's some games in hand and all that good stuff right. in there. Um, but we're out more than halfway through the season, and they're like right there. And this kind of is reminiscent of the year when it had Stastny and Shattenkirk, and they're knocking yeah. on the door, and then they decide to sell. Um, I still think that's probably where they should go. But I agree. We'll I, talk about that in a second. I was going to do the MVP thing real quick. Sure. Too, too far from that. So if you had to pick your MVP so far through the year, um, we might have mentioned it already due to our just talk a second ago. Who would you pick as the Blues MVP? So we're about a little, bowl, a little over halfway. Over 40, I would say 40, Jordan Bennington. 43 games through so far. Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Um, I know Kyrie's leading the way in goals and yep. stuff. Um, for him, it's just... I get that consistency down where it's like, and part of it is an effort thing, which it's not only like, sometimes we say stuff like that. And sometimes I'm like, it's getting better. It's, it's the fan in us. Sometimes you think yeah. saying that, but it's honestly, when I see the sports, when I see the writer saying stuff, yeah, but yeah, but he seemed to like level off. Like the, the peaks and valleys seem to be better. Like it's kind of like consistent night in night out. He might have a shift or two here. That's not great. Um, obviously 20 goals, 21 assists through 40. He's played 40 games. The plus minus is not great nope. at a uh, minus 22, but uh, right behind him though, we got Robert Thomas, uh, 39 points. Uh, this person who I like most uh, just because he, obviously he missed some games. Was it? But Pavel Buchnevitz agreed uh, 36 points through 34 games, uh, minus two. And that's one of the best on of the forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at those three, they're all right around a point a game. You can't ask for much more. Another one which which is unsung kind of hero, and we talked about this a little bit, but Braden Chen for sure has kind of like put the team on his back ever since the injury bug hit the Blues, where the Blues had nearly thirty. I think I added up as thirty two million dollars long term IR. So you're almost like almost fifty percent of your cap, forty point something percent of your cap is on IR right now. You're getting some back. Letty comes back tonight as we yep. were uh, recording. We. Uh, we'll be able to watch that a little bit later tonight against the Cafe Lightning and our uh, floor hockey legend Pat Maroon back in town. Yes. So, Maybe uh, shooting some car show commercials. Yeah, possibly with Ryan O'Reilly, who for right now is with the St. Louis Blues. Yep. Hurt right now. We talked about in the podcast that will be posted after we know with this one. Um, with O'Reilly and Tarasenko still hurt, and they'll be back before the trade deadline. So you are you down for selling? Like, is it all UFAs or is it just those two? Out of the UFAs, which we have right now, I'll read them off to you real quick and you let me know. We have Tarasenko, O'Reilly, uh, Mikola, Achari, Barbashev. There's some slower ones in there mixed in, but those are the main big hitters. I mean... Grice is also... But we know Hoffer signed, so yeah, he's officially going to be the backup. I would year. say... You could you could sell Achari and Barbashev and Mikola. I don't expect you to get much for them. Mm. Um, I think Tarasenko and O'Reilly are gone. And I think, as made evident by the way this team has played since they've been on the IR, they're what four and two, five and two without them. About yeah, four and two. Uh, they've looked 
great. The two games they've lost, one was a Montreal game, which they very easily could have won. And then the one was Calgary. a Calgary game that was still, you know, winnable until the very end when they started putting empty netters and things like that. Um, I think that you've seen this team can play without them and play well and win games against very good teams. Yeah, and who knows what you can get in for those players yeah. too. That's the thing. You know, too. we we've talked about this for two years now. That Tarasenko has said he, he wants out. Yeah. Uh, at this point, send him wherever he wants to go and get something, whether it's just a first rounder or a, a good prospect or whatever. I don't expect that you're going to get a roster player back. Um, but just get something. Don't let them wash. Clearly there's this team needs help. Use that piece to get something. Yeah. Uh, as far as O'Reilly goes, I think that you could catch a pretty good bounty for him. I wouldn't be surprised if the blues talk to him and do something much like they did with Doug White and just say, we're going to send you to a cup contender. Go try to win another cup. Or you sign a contract next in the offseason, come talk to us. Yeah. You know, when you say, we still want you here, clearly this team isn't going anywhere. And I have a little bit of news on that. Okay. As you say, that was always my thought kind of behind things. Like, as Riley gets older, he can move down a lineup. And to me, like, okay, third line center maybe in a couple of years. Then right. the fourth line center who is really good at face-offs, maybe gets a big goal three down the line. Yes. So I was like, okay, I'll be fine with that. So according to Jeremy Rutherford in his latest mailbag segment, somebody mm-hmm. literally brought up this exact thing and said, hey, what about doing what Keith Kachuk, Doug Waite did something similar? Remember we said right. Kachuk to the Atlanta wow. Crashers, and they got stuff back. Um, according to Jeremy Rutherford, he's like, good idea in theory. He's like, if my, from what I understand, or my thoughts, and he didn't, kind of didn't say you right. heard anything, but if they trade Ryan O'Reilly, they are done with Ryan O'Reilly. Really? I mean, look. So it would be tur- he said turn the page, basically. So basically he'd okay. be done, and then that'd be time to get a new captain again and do that. If that's what's going to happen, look, Doug Armstrong has a history of making very good deals. Not necessarily popular deals, but good deals. You know, none of us liked the David Backus situation when it happened. Um, but look at how that turned out. Yeah. You know, he had what? One, maybe two good years in Boston. And then he started becoming a healthy scratch. And he was a healthy scratch in the final. For yeah. The, he he played one game. One or two, maybe, I think. Yeah. Um, and then finished his year or finished his career in Anaheim with a lot of healthy scratches. Um, you know, Kevin Shattenkirk was one that was partially because of money. But, you know. He was going to sign a big deal in the offseason, and they just were looking at, at the time, they had Petrangelo yeah. and Colton Pareko, so they knew, like, we don't need right. four, three, five million plus yeah, like, guys at the back end. And look at him. He went to the Rangers. Well, he got traded to Washington, finished out, signed with the Rangers, which is where he wanted to go, mm-hmm. ended up buying him out. Yeah. So, and he, yeah. while he bounced around, signed a low contract, won a cup in Tampa, then. <laughs> but it wasn't a, like, wasn't a difference maker. Yeah, but he was just a guy, but, but did enough to get a sure. decent contract with Anaheim. Ducks, and, yeah. And he's fine. And guess what? He probably going to get traded from Anaheim. And uh, there was in one of the mailbag segments I re- was reading that talked about if the Blues were contenders, they thought that Shattenkirk was on their radar. Yeah. 
which was I mean, I wouldn't mind Jack coming back on a friendly deal. The point is, if it's time to turn the page from Ryan O'Reilly, it'll be sad. You know, he was certainly here through some of the best years in Blues history. A cup, an all-star game, a winter classic. You know, he he did a lot for this franchise in the years that he was here. But this is the business of sport. You know, it, when it's when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the reason Ryan O'Reilly isn't having a good year is because he doesn't have David Caron. All right, maybe that plays into a little bit with it, but that's not the A to Z of it. Like, you're right, and you've mentioned it a few times. It just seems like he got real slow, real quick. Yeah, some like age caught him like real quick for some weird reason. I don't know. I, know. I don't wish him ill. No. I, I, apparently, Toronto's real hot on him because he's right from that near that area and stuff. So, you it's know, like, I, I would love it if he went to Toronto and delivered them a cup. Could you imagine what it would be like to be like, I broke the longest curse, in, uh, the longest drought in Stanley Cup history, and now I just ended the second one. Yeah. Um, I would imagine you will get a pretty decent return for O'Reilly. I think O'Reilly and Tarasenko, you definitely should be getting first-round picks for both of them. Getting extra on top of that, I don't know, Like depending on what they offer and what the market is, but I think you should easily get one of those. I think that would be fine. I think you could do barbership. That's unfortunately that last year he kind of topped out with the yeah, basic sure. goals, but you still get like a second or third rounder if you're not going to bring him back. Agreed. I know John Ham will be upset, but you know, very much so. Um, so will your friend? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mikola, um, if they, I think, I think he will come back just because he's only making about two mil. Yeah. I think he's a very good bottom guy. Good phrasing there. Uh, but he could uh, bottom six guy, so he could basically move up from the third pair to the second pair in an inch type of thing. Yeah, because uh, I think Charlie's fine. Char- I think he's been great. He's been a pleasant surprise. He this seems year. like the prototypical Bay guy, so I would think they might try to like, hey, why don't you come back? Because he's was he a one year deal? One year deal. Yeah. One, one year at one point. Uh, one one two five. I so. think the wild card is going to be great. I could see a team like maybe the Kings. Or a team that needs to shore up goaltending, maybe not a starter, but maybe someone who could be a solid backup going into the playoffs. Yeah, give somebody a rest or whatever. Yeah, like that. I, I could see someone like that going, "Hey, what do you want for Grice? Maybe you get a second rounder for him because it's a team that thinks they need the the help going into the playoffs." Uh, and if that's the case, then bring Hofer up because he's going to be up next year anyway. Yeah. Like, it's clear that Grice is gone after this year. Yeah, trade Grice and get some kind of pick, and then maybe, like, give me your ECHL goalie so we can throw somebody down there and have somebody in the system. Yeah. Thing. And then you then you have somebody down there. Because Springfield's been okay. okay this year. They've been great compared to last year. Last year, I think, was a kind of I think, miracle run, but kind of run like the Blues had for a cup. They just fell short last year. Um, but they, but since the Blues have been ravaged with injuries, I mean, the Blues have basically stole, like, Everybody half their defense. I mean, when I went to the game on Thursday, three out of the six players that were playing defense started the year in AHL yeah. or should have been in the AHL. Um, the only the only starter, the only three I think that were regulars was Falk, Preko, Mikola, and the rest were was Santini, Tucker, Rosen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing against those guys, but sure, no, you're right. Like nothing against Santini, but that's one of those where you know when he's up and playing. Like he assist and had a great. Uh, did a great job. So, I mean, I really can't 
you know, when you right. played the one game and uh, not the game I took the other one for that, but still, yeah. So, like we talked about, I think they're just going to hover around the 500 mark. I just unfortunately yeah. see like the way the the defense is the main issue, and I think in the off season it's going to get rebuilt. There, uh, guys, we have talked about the Blues. I mean, to you and other people, like I think um, if you watched the game against New Jersey in February, I'll be at that game, but like. Uh, Ryan Graves, somebody who is can move the puck and will clear the crease, solid defensive yeah. defenseman, and he's going to be a uh, UFA. The Devils might resign, but they have a lot in the system. High end defensemen, they have like Luke Hughes, Simon Nemec, um, other guys. So I really don't think they're going to sign him. I agree. So that's somebody that you might be able to pluck. Um, apparently, they're hot in on Tarasenko as well. All the New York teams are. Yep. So uh, who knows if something could be worked out there? But New York, uh, Jersey's gonna make a run for it. So uh, we'll do a smidgen of more Blues news here. So the All Star game is coming up. Have you? Uh, they just got leaked literally right before I uh, you came over. The All Star jerseys. I have not seen them. Uh, very Miami Vice. Think Makes Miami. sense. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume like purples, pinks, or pink and teals. Teals, yeah, yeah, very Miami Vice-ish. Uh, I saw the Western Conference one just got leaked. Literally, if you go to Isa Aesthetics, Isa Aesthetics, for Aesthetics, yeah. yeah, they're the ones that had like had the leak, uh, like out of the box. Check those out. Um, the All Star Game are represented it's a little different this year. Um, so you, every team gets one person automatically in, and then just like the baseball, then the fans vote in the other ones. So you could have. Multiple people from your team are just one. And I, it sounds like the teams in the NHL kind of like get together on who to send. And the, for some reason, the Blues decided to send Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, injury will probably prevent him from going. But at the same time, um, who knows? I think Jordan Kyra will eventually take that spot. Maybe somebody else. So you can vote for anybody. The funny thing is you can vote for anybody. This has John Scott written all over it for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, there's a really good interview out there that uh, Greg Wyshynski did with John Scott about that whole thing. And he even came out and said, uh, John Scott said, behind behind the scenes stuff, that there was people trying to get him not to. And giving him, like, like insinuating he should go to the All-Star game. Couldn't he won? People from the league? Yes. Interesting. Real good, interesting. A real good interview on ESPN. Check that out. So this is very Miami Vice. Yeah, Chris. You know. But you know what I like? They went back to the old school Western and Eastern logos. I do like those. Too. So I'll take that over anything. So we'll see um, what. Uh, yeah, I'll start. So Terrence goes in. We'll see if he gets to be the one at the end of the day due to his injury, but I'm not really so, sure he'll still be the guy. I've talked to a lot of people about this. I could easily name. Four blues players that I think are more deserving than Tarasenko. Yeah. I, Kairou, Thomas, Bushnevitz, Bushnevitz, Bennington. Hell, I'll even throw Braden Shen in the mix. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Tarasenko thing is very interesting. Maybe it's raising the uh, value. value of him. I don't know. I kind of feel like that too. I'll take it at this point if he's legit gone, which it does suck, man. But at the same time, let's get some something for him so we can use that next piece, drafting, whatever. You have to. And like I said, we're not going to – unfortunately, due to Chicago being god-awful, um, and also with a lot of teams being not great, Columbus on top of that, it's really hard to get that top pick this year. Yeah. But if you can get in that top five, I think that's a 
a top 10 for sure. I think they need something like that to get a prospect like that in the system. I agree. Um, not much, it defense, does, it not does much this defensive team. wise this year, not much defensive wise this year on top end, but get another skilled forward in. Snuggerud did great in the World Juniors. Yes. Um, he was obviously the best player for the uh, USA team. Uh, Connor Bedard has just been like the definition of a uh, generational player. I saw. Um, he did stuff for the World Juniors that was stupid. So between the World Juniors and the uh, WHO, where he's at now, uh, in his last 18 games, he has 50 points. Jesus. That is. That's, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And the thing is, you know, to, to cycle back, like, it, it does the Blues no good to sit in the drafting 13 to 20 area? Yeah. You know, barely, like he said, getting to the playoffs and getting bounced in the first round is not going to do anything. To me, sure. that is the definition of the late 80s through 90s St. Louis Blues. Yeah. You know, you're good enough to get in. Maybe you win around. Maybe you win two. I think I remember them through my junior and high school and early college years making it to the Western Conference Finals once and getting just slapped by the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. But typically it was the Blues would get in, win the first round, lose in the second. And when you do that, you don't really draft high enough to draft anyone who truly makes an immediate impact on your team. And it's nothing, nothing against nothing against Thomas. Them. I agree all those guys, but we had to develop them to get to that point. Yes. Thomas was the one where he started 19, and I just – that worked out. That was right. an amazing pick. But you can't hope on amazing picks in the 20s Agreed. consistently. Agreed. Eventually, you have to re- – that's just how the league is built. You have to reload eventually. You know, and I know that people are going to talk about the fact that Tarasenko was a mid-teens and things like that, and that's right. But he was mid-teens not because of his talent. He was mid-teens because people didn't think Russia. they should get him to come over from Russia. Yeah. Um, Mind you, we had him and James Schwartz, Bears are back to back in the teens. Yes. He had two high end players back to back, and that's what shaped that Stanley Cup team and shaped this team for a long time. And having a guy like Alex Petrangelo fourth overall. Correct. For Correct. You know, a long time. Like, th- that's what they need is that yeah, top end defenseman, which is, I agree. But that's not going to happen in this draft. The, the fact is, if you know you're going to lose Tarasenko, you're, if you're ready to turn the page on O'Reilly. You need someone who can step in and make a pretty decent impact immediately. Now, maybe, look, maybe this team finishes and has a top 10 pick, and they do the lottery, and it turns out, let's say the Blues are going to pick 7th. Yeah. Maybe you package that pick with a prospect, and you trade, and you get a decent piece that you need. You get a decent defenseman. You get a forward who could be your new O'Reilly or your new Tarasenko. That's young and that will be around for right. eight so years. So even if it's not someone that you particularly draft, you have pieces in place. You have, hopefully, a top ten pick that you could take to someone who's maybe just a little bit higher up where you are right now and go, hey, we'll send you, and I'm just going to throw names. We'll send you this number seven pick and Scott Prunich. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, insert player here. Yeah. And there's a way to make that be a win. This team clearly isn't that far off the mark. 
They just need some fine-tuning. I don't think we're talking about a full rebuild here. No. But re- it's a certainly retool. a retool. It's a retool. Like, the defense just needs... On you paper, have your on, on paper, there was question marks already, yep. you know, for the defense. Bennington's proven... Bennington's that, your guy. Yeah. You've got some good defense it needs to be short on. Yeah. You know that you're going to lose some of your top-end uh, offense, which, to be honest, is topping on its way down. You could fill in with Cairo and and Thomas oh, as your new Tarasenko yeah. and O'Reilly, but then you need someone to backfill for them. Yeah, who could be your middle six guy, which is what we which is what basically they need. Like I said, hope you're hoping Barbashev kind of did it this year, and he really hasn't done right. that. Shen has done well, but I don't know how many more years of that way. There's nothing right. on him, but age catch up to everybody. That's just how things happen. Oh, I know. Next year, the what happened to Ryan Riley happened to Braden Shen next year. Easily. I don't know. Hopefully not. But obviously, I didn't make that, this happened to Riley either. Right. So, you don't know. So, there's going to be some retool. Um, and it kind of brings me to our NHL type news. I'm going to have a couple ones that are interesting and one is really interesting. So, the one is a lot of Vancouver Canucks players started calling out the medical handling of Tanner Pearson, who had to have a season-ending injury. Apparently, um, they misdiagnosed his injury. He kept playing, made it worse, and now it's season-ending. So now the Vancouver Canucks are the Miami Dolphins. Pretty much. And then now made him... Now, they call out to the media, which turns into the Canucks having to like figure out what happened and right. publicly say they're doing an investigation. Now. Um, now it's coming out that some, like, through... Uh, media writers, whatever, that players are unhappy and a lot of players want out now. Uh, it happens. We'll see. Elias Pettersson was apparently one, which obviously it's going to be a lot to get these guys. I'm not sure. saying. Um, if for some reason this does happen, there's a mass exodus up in Vancouver and they got to go full rebuild, like full like Arizona Coyotes rebuild up there. Yeah. Um, the Blues have to go out. I would love to get Quinn Hughes. Holy cow. Yes. If, I mean, it's going to take a ton. I get it. Like I'm not saying it won't. Well, but again, if this is a team that gets a lottery pick, and you're not in the top four. Yeah. Vancouver's been middling. I mean, they've been kind of like us, a little bit below us, but still, uh, let's just say all it takes is a five-game losing streak and them to kind of win a couple and it's a flip-flop. And if you can package a couple picks. Quinn Hughes defense, right? Oh, that's what I mean. And to me. Would you send. Yes. (laughs) Would you send, let's Uh, say it's the number five pick. Okay. Send the number five pick. And I'm sure they'll probably want to send Tory Krug, but we'll say Krug or Pareko to Vancouver for Quinn Hughes. I would if they waived the no trade. Um, to me, like I think if they would say they want futures, I'll just say that because they're trying to rebuild. Um, let's say it's Super Five Scott Perumich. Here you go. And well, yeah, something else on top of that. Yeah, let's done, say, done. Yeah, which to me is kind of like the lesser version of. Uh, Quinn Hughes, then? Yeah. I think Quinn Hughes. And is proven to be a little bit injury prone. Yeah. So I would uh, I would 100% do that. Sorry. But I don't know if that would. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I just think you need that. I, like I said, he's the high end point that you need. Like, you still need a, some defensive defensemen. I agree, but you could build I, around that. But I get it. But to me, Quinn Hughes had with the skating ability and how he is, I think. Left or right? Left. That's, I mean, you know, left, you'll have to kind of like, obviously, I think they're going to try to move Krug in the off year. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move Scandella because they probably want to keep. How many years are left on that contract? 
Scandal is next year, if it. Okay. Uh, Krug has two, I believe, after this one. Just buy Scandal out. Just buy them out. Yeah. If they can, dump them somewhere. There's a couple of teams that, like, for example, Washington, as of um, next year, has John Carlson signed. That's their whole defense they have signed. Wow. So you could possibly see if they have some need for one of the defensemen possibly. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good team because obviously Ovechkin and other guys up there. Right. So you could yeah. – but anyway, that's just me just speculating and looking at Cap Friendly much. much time. <laughs> but um, so the last – I say around the league, we talked about the All-Star game is going to be happening. Um, everybody gets their own uh, selections and stuff. So uh, the final fan vote is still not finalized yet. You know, go to our Twitter and we I put it out there for like Kyru, Gutschnevitz, and Thomas. So you gotta think it's gonna be uh Kyru. If for the you're in place, Terrasing. Yeah, yeah, and then hopefully if the Blues can get another person in, it'd be great. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it'll be I'd pick one for Thomas because uh, I'd love to see Gutschnevitz show, but I think it'll be Thomas. He's definitely my new favorite player just because of the A his interviews and just like uh bought a jersey the day they got him. Uh the pass he had the other day to the uh, Kyrie goal where he spun at the blue line, just threw it Ridiculous. to the right on. I mean, perfect. Eggplant right? emoji. Correct. Um, so, before we get to the last one, I didn't see the Blues record before. 21-19-3. The Blues were only three games above 500. They were when they won their first three games of the year, and then right before that Calgary loss, they were about three games above 500 again. That was that was the big break. Yeah. That's the most they've been the whole time. So, to me... They're tread water. They're a yeah. 500 team. Yeah. So, uh, last but not least, our NHL story, which kind of broke late last night. I'm recording on the 14th, so the 13th. Robert Lanier, who's out with injury this whole year. Yeah. Plays for current, well, plays for Las Vegas. About um, bankruptcy in Las Vegas on December 30th. So, like, oh, that sucks. Obviously, we've seen it happen with uh, guys like uh, Vander Kane. Um, Always been on black. Yeah, what's his name? Jack Johnson. That's a Vegas joke, by the way. Yes. Vegas joke. Yeah. Jack Johnson, who obviously had issues. I just realized I said that at the Yeah, there are on time. But it's fine. You know, we know we I got what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Um obviously Jack Johnson had issues with uh, I guess like his parents taking money and stuff and him being in debt. That then, happens a lot. Yeah. So and obviously he had a thing so he had to slowly rebuild and people sure. were spending his money and stuff. Sure. So Robert Lair and his wife had to file for a chapter seven bankruptcy. In Nevada on the 30th of December, which that sucks. Them guys make good money, five million dollars a year. Of so, Public filing estimates that he's worth about one to ten million dollars. Why his liability that he owes to creditors between ten to fifty. Million. Not great. So like, okay, that's so, five zero, not one five. Like, okay, 50. so so what's this guy? So what's like everybody has their vice, you know? So what is his? It is like Andrew King was gambling, yeah. um, you know. So obviously, that constant was stealing from him. Right. So is it probably you know, in Vegas? Could be gambling. Yeah. So you think that? Could but, be girls. No, there is. Yeah, it could be a lot of things. You think it is not. It is none of those. Which is, and it has some Missouri ties to this, which is interesting. Of course. It does. So uh, Roland Air is the owner of RL Exotics LLC, which, oh. which is a reptile farm outside of Plato, Missouri. Can we start calling him Robert Exotic? Like Joe Exotic? Yeah. Basically, I think that's RL Exotics. I mean, Snake King. Snake King. So basically, in 2017, he bought from a guy in Plato, Texas, in Plato, Missouri, uh, snakes, ball pythons, and anacondas for $1.2 million. But he only paid him $200,000 dollars and didn't pay him the rest. And Oops. Apparently, they settled. And apparently, he's been paying people to run this exotic thing outside of Plato, Missouri. And he's basically 
say it's costing him like millions of dollars to run this place. It has three employees, which I don't know what's up with that. So I thought it was an interesting little thing. So uh, Robert Lanier, uh, you know, out, uh, obviously has more issues than just his injury going on right now. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, obviously, Blues have some games coming up. Their longest home stretch of the uh, season is now. So they'll have games home all the way until January 24th against the, uh, what do they call the Buffalo? Sabre. Yes, and that's uh, that'll be also be uh, Riz Night at the Blues games. We'll be there. Yep. Uh, getting Burton Bobblehead, which is amazing. Can't wait for it. Amazing uh, job by the company. Whoever company did that, which I don't, don't have in front of me. I mean, dead on. Yeah, it's that, really good. And then between, it has his beeline hat on, which is awesome. They yeah. have uh, his dog, Wheezy, is there. Wheezy's too. there. So it's pretty cool. So we'll be there. Uh, give us a shout if you were at that game. So we'll wrap up there. If you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. Also find us on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, our website is blueshockeypodcast.net or .com. Either one will work. You can find links to all the socials there. Find all the podcasts there. Going to get some cool merch. Uh, that's there as well. They have links to all our sponsors as well. So first one being Rockstar Tacos at the Gaslight Lounge. So Chris um, will have to get some enjoyment out of this now. I had one late after the game For on so Thursday. Early. The pizza tacos. Did I oversell it? No, it was great. It's fantastic. The thing is, I've never been to, um, what's the Giordano's? Name? Yes, I've never been there. So, yeah. so part of me is like, it's good as a pizza thing, so I, I have no comparison. Yeah. So to me, fantastic still. And I have some more I saved for Chris upstairs. So Chris will get the hey, a little bit later. So for those of you who are uninitiated or may not recognize the name Giordano's, uh, Thursday, Rockstar Taco did a Chicago-style pizza uh, taco, which is the Chicago deep dish pizza, which is, uh, you guys know Chicago pizza. If you don't, Google Chicago deep dish. It's amazing. Um, but for those of you who know what it is, and, and those of you who even know what Giordano's is, it is legitimately like having a piece of Giordano's pizza and a flour tortilla. It's the greatest damn thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah, so uh, very good. So I had that after the game on uh, Thursday. So uh, check them out, 4916 Shaw, open Tuesday through Saturday, yep. 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., Tuesdays is uh, trivia. Yes. Uh, Thursdays is always the special taco of the week. So mm -hmm. this week, obviously, was the pizza taco. So they've had different ones uh, every week. So they use that specials as well. But Thursdays, like this taco special, yeah. usually. So uh, check them out. So they did also, I did get to have prior to this, was the man in the box taco. Oh, that's great. So anybody who, if you've had a jack of box taco, so. It's legit, like down to the sauce, which is like weird. Yeah, it, God, it's how, legit. And the thing is with Will's, is, which is different, is it's bigger. That and also not like you know when you if you have a Jack in Box taco, it's always the edges were like crispy, and the middle was very like soggy because it was different yeah. grease. <laughs> Will's is not like that. It's like literally perfect the whole mm -hmm. way around. So it's not overly greasy and stuff, so you can have like more than two or three without your stomach killing you. Right. You know, I'm at four, and, I'm a forty now. Because they're on the hill, their new dessert is legit. Yeah, the cannoli taco, which is yep. fantastic. So, um, yeah, they did the uh, pumpkin one for a while, which I know Chris uh, was very Love. excited about. And now it's uh, cannoli filling with cherries on top, and it is fantastic. So, yeah, so now that you guys are hungry, go out to uh, Rockstar Taco. So, if you're also hungry, you can have stuff at home, which is our last next sponsor, Lucky Lola's. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did have a winner for our Lucky Lola's contest, which we announced last one, and then I was able to get that out. We'll have some more stuff. 
coming out here. I do have some more stuff right behind me that I give out from Lucky Lola. So thanks to uh, them for all the uh, swag that we're handing out. So you can find all their stuff, including the jalapeno sweet heat. Which and is great. Yes. By the way, I had some of that last night while we were playing games, and that is good stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely have that, and then also have their was it man? It is, it don't matter if it's summer, winter, spring, or fall. It is always time to rub your salmon with that salmon rub. It is good stuff. Yeah, so check that out at Schnooks, uh, Fresh Time, Kenrick's, uh, a lot of places you can get that now. So go check all that out. Walk into Fresh Time and say, "Give me that salmon rub," and they will give it to you. So. Uh, you got that going on. And last but not least, uh, Alter State Comics. Uh, they're at 671 Big Ben Road in Manchester, alterstatecomics.com. Go there for all your comic needs, Funko Pop needs, uh, any kind of collectibles in general. They're uh, open uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, you also catch them at, uh, they're at the Glory Pro Show at the Delmar Hall as having their own little booth now, too. Nice. So they'll, That's uh, awesome. So they'll, I think, start having something like that, possibly at shows. You can check them there, but go by the store. Uh, you can get yourself a comic pull list started like I did. Uh, so it's nice that it's right down the street from me now, so I can just go by and grab it on the way home from work every day. So it's nice. So go check them out. They got plenty of stuff. They got the wall of Funko Pops there. They got plenty of comics. Uh, check out their, uh, I believe their eBay stores have been running now. So if you're looking for a little more higher end comics uh, outside of just your normal weekly ones, go ahead and check them out there. So that'll wrap it up for now. So uh, good stuff. We're going to go get some food. Word. I'm starving. Yeah, it's been, it's been, as for Chris, I can say for myself, it's been a week for Chris. It's Oof. been a week for uh, myself. Oh, Chris, did you see what's on the wall officially? Oh, yeah. Employee of the year. Employee of the year. Still need a Voltron key, though. I know. So that's, uh, that's there, too. So good stuff there. Plenty of good stuff. Hopefully ahead for the St. Louis Blues. They got a nice little long homestand. And hopefully a win against a floor hockey legend, Pat Maroon, tonight. So Indeed. we'll see how things go. You need someone to take a face off on the building. <laughs> Chris is 1-0 against a 1-0. The Blues call you in just for that face off. I'm in. The game, just to be safe. I can't skate for ish, but I'll come in, make a face off, and then drop to my knees and wiggle my way back to the bench. You can set somebody else on the fly. And into distraction with Chris yelling, I want a face off, I want a face off. <laughs> I want a face off, I want a face off. <laughs> and, then, and then me... And then me saying something random and then Pat Murray <laughs> jumping the bench and kicking ass. So we'll see how that goes. So thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next see time. You.